This is a Watchdog Morning Show Rewind. Here's Howard Monroe. Hey, welcome to the show. Ian Carbo from the uh, Mountain State Spotlight. Great uh, online newspaper. It's been around for a year or so, and they, a couple years, I guess, now. Uh, and they do excellent work because they dig deep into stories. It's not just... You know, just a, not just a headline and a paragraph, but they really dig into things that need to be dug into. And God knows there's a lot of digging that needs to be done in West Virginia. But Ian did a piece this week that caught my attention. Uh, headline was, some West Virginia lawmakers are interested in banning books, just don't call it a book ban. Ian, let's talk about the story you wrote and how you came across it. Because I'm trying to figure out whether there is a big movement afoot or just a couple of you know, I don't say Looney Tunes, but, uh, you know, a couple of people on the sidelines stirring a pot. So uh, tell me tell me how this whole thing came about. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me on. And, you know, I think that is the real question. I mean, I sort of came into this, uh, you know, just going to the legislative interims and trying to get a feel for, okay, you know, what is going to be happening in the upcoming session and sort of talking to lawmakers about their priorities. And I think, like many people in the building, uh, one of the first things I noticed was a big poster that said, you know, something along the lines of, is there kid porn in West Virginia schools? Um, and up by the rotunda near the Senate chamber, you know, there was a table with, um, you know, volunteers who had set up to, uh, you know, talk to lawmakers and show them what they were saying was an issue with, uh, you know, explicit and obscene content in West Virginia schools. Uh, something that I think on its face sounds pretty troubling to just about anyone, but uh, when you actually went and talked to them, um, their list of books included, and I'm quoting here, subjects like Islam, uh, social justice, police brutality, and none of their material, in fact, showed anything obscene or explicit. Now, anyone is allowed to go to the legislator and talk to lawmakers and raise any issues they wanted. Um, but I did notice there was little sign that there was going to be a meeting that they were holding. Um, and that meeting was led by a man named Dennis Westover, who uh, definitely made a lot of headlines um, last year after attending uh, Donald Trump's rally on January 6th at the Ellipse. He says he never went into the Capitol. Um, and, you know, a few weeks later was arrested at the Capitol with a gun, his will, and a list of lawmakers. Um, now, he would he just didn't know that his, you know, pistol didn't, like, the registration didn't carry over in D.C. from West Virginia. And, um, you know, but the meeting was happening in the Agriculture Commissioner's office, and he was extremely interested in what was happening. And as he said, like, I'm on your side for this guy. There were also three lawmakers there. Um, it was set up by a fourth um, who was probably the most powerful lawmaker in the group, maybe, and that is uh, Senator Patricia Rucker from Jefferson mm -hmm. County. She was the former education chair who has since been replaced by President Blair with Amy Grady. Uh, he says that replacement was because Amy Grady is a you know, public school teacher. and they Former teacher, so, yeah. Right, from alternative schools to public schools, and Patricia Rucker's focus was really those alternative schools. Um, now, after challenging Craig Blair and sort of trying to oust him as <laughs> Senate president, it's unclear exactly how much power she will have this session. Um, and so that, it, it really is, I think, an open question. But what is maybe most interesting is that none of the lawmakers that I talked to who weren't at that meeting after uh, said that they would, you know, not support a bill like that. They all just said things like, 
well, you know, if there is a problem, I would be interested in legislating it. And also, none of them seem to have too much of an issue with the source of the complaint being from, you know, a guy who was at January 6th and, you know, later arrested at the Capitol with a gun. Um, you know, when I brought that up to people, they said, I don't really care where an idea comes from. And I mean, these are people who are pretty centrist, status quo Republican lawmakers in West Virginia. And granted, I have not been able to talk to the Senate president about it, the House speaker about it, or either the House or Senate education chairs. All of them refused to comment. Well, Senate education chair Amy Grady said, of course, I would look into something about banning, like, explicit imagery in schools. I mean, we're talking about depictions of sex and sexual organs. Um, and then did not answer further questions about okay, well, what about bans on material based on subject matter, like what this group is proposing? Um, so, yeah, it is an open question. And I think, you know, after last year, there was the sort of, I don't know, critical race theory-inspired bill that did right. get enough past both chambers, uh, failed on a technicality. Um, and you have, you know, similar bills being passed, well, notably in Florida, um, with the Don't Say Gay bill that sort of bans teachers from talking about sexuality in classrooms. Um, so there is a national trend and there is some precedent to see a bill like that in West Virginia. Again, whether or not that will happen, I don't know. And, and that's the question, as you said in the beginning. It's, I'm trying to figure out, okay, we had three or four, or three, and a fourth was tangentially involved, legislators meet with Mr. Westover. He is clearly what shall I call him, an unusual man. I mean, you know, it's not just he went to the uh, Capitol. He was at the Capitol with a gun, with a list of, with a will, and a list of, you know, elected officials. That, I, you know, you can make some conclusions there in, in your mind. So he's a little bit of an unusual guy. I'm just trying to figure out if he has support or not, and if these senators uh, are are, are going to take this and move forward. And I do that in light of, as you mentioned, we had this, I never did know what to call it, they had different names for it, but basically critical race theory inspired bills last year that went to try to regulate uh, basically thought and teaching in the classroom. And I mean, I'm just speaking personally, I hope that we're not going to go down that road again. I didn't really see this coming until I read your article. Now we have people talking about banning books. And I got a list from one of our local delegates uh, of some of the books they're talking about, and you've probably seen them too. And that particularly concerns me, actually, as, as you point out, Ian, uh, in addition to a list of books, they say other topics that they are worried about being taught in schools are cloning, which, by the way, I've never heard that talk before, LGBTQ, Islam, don't want to talk about Islam in schools, white privilege, they don't want to talk about that, gun control, don't talk about that, police brutality, social justice, they don't want to talk about that. So if this... I'll loosely call it a group. If this group has any sway, and they're talking about pretty wide-ranging control of what goes on in our school libraries and classrooms. Right. And, you know, I, so I think there's a few things there. One, I mean, the group of people that showed up, I would say, is something of a fringe group. Now, I do think it's really interesting that Dennis Westover does have clear connections in the Capitol. He was able to get uh, Senator Wecker to set up a meeting with him and some other lawmakers, including Senator Azinger, who, as I sort of reported while the process of passing an abortion ban was happening, was actively talking to Dennis Westover about that. 
Lawmaker is definitely what you'd say on the very far right end of the spectrum of lawmakers in West Virginia. Um, and certainly, I think, represents something of an outlier there. Um, but then even just walking with him through the halls, and, you know, he sees, you know, delegates Kathy Crouch, who I wouldn't necessarily put all the way on that spectrum, and they stop and hug and chat. Um, and she gave him his support. And then you have other lawmakers who are definitely not that far right, you know, saying like, well, you know, it's probably going to come up. I mean, look at what they're talking about on Fox News. This is a real issue people are concerned about is, you know, teaching about, you know, uh, gender identity and sexuality in schools. I mean, should children be exposed to that? Um, and so I, I think it's like, I, you know, I don't know if the question is necessarily how much power this fringe group has, and I certainly wouldn't think it would be a bill that would stand discussion on such a wide range of topics. Uh, I'm not even sure that would be constitutional. Um, however, we have seen in West Virginia and elsewhere more targeted efforts to either ban or restrict conversation around certain subjects, and generally the brunt of those bans fall really hard on the LGBTQ community. Um, and, you know, there has been a rise in the number of hate crimes, and you have seen local battles in West Virginia over children's books that libraries carry that have, you know, uh, characters in them. Yeah, so to me, what we're seeing here and what your article for, to, to, for me was kind of a canary in the coal mine saying, oh, there's some there's something going on here. The question now becomes how, how big does it grow? And my, my instinctive fear is, you know, last year they really pushed hard on this kind of legislation, and the Republicans had a supermajority. Now they got the super, supermajority. Um, if this issue comes forward, I'm fearful of where it could, where it could go, and I hope that some cooler heads will try to prevail early on in this so it doesn't get moving along too far. But, uh, again, your article to me was kind of a canary in the coal mine saying, uh-oh, there's some, there's some stuff going on down here that we may want to pay, pay closer attention to. It may, it may for a while be pushed out by some of the bigger headlines like DHHR, like the governor's likely income tax proposal and so on. But this is a pretty big deal. I hope it doesn't get, uh, get thrown off the table, you know. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that's exactly right. I mean, I'm not, you know, trying to, like, you know, raise a huge alarm saying, look, they're going to do this, um, but I think it is something to pay attention to. And, I mean, another part of the harm beyond the obvious of, you know, a bill like what we saw last year is, I mean, think about how many bills didn't pass during the hours and hours of debate over, you know, how, this, like, subjects of race and gender and sexuality and could be taught in classrooms with uh, Senator Rucker's bill. I mean, there were many hours in Judiciary and Education Committees. Um, there were many hours on the floor, particularly during the very last night of the session, while other bills that served much more pressing needs, such as uh, a bill that caps the price of insulin at $35, um, sat in wait while, you know, Democrats effectively tried to filibuster that bill out of existence. Um, and they were very upset about it. I know uh, I think Sean Hornbuckle spoke for close to um, an hour about like yeah. what that meant to him as one of the few black legislators um, that, you know, they were trying
trying to pass a bill about, you know, uh, subject matter in schools that makes people uncomfortable because of their race. Um, and so it, it's not only can be really harmful to bring that, you know, sort of stigma into the public conversation, uh, to have some of the most powerful people in the state uh, talking about it in a way that's not always the most informed, uh, particularly when it comes to the subject of critical race theory itself. Um, but yeah, it, it clogs the line for bills that can really help people. Yeah. And what 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 helped keep this down a little bit last year was that the the supermajority they had, and again is even bigger now, uh, isn't totally monolithic. While they may all agree on sort of the general principle, the arguments over the details managed to keep things from 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 moving forward too fast, too quickly. And that, that I think that's going to be even more of a case this year, where the legislature, the, the the Republicans uh, on both the House and the Senate are going to probably have a lot of disagreement in their own uh, caucuses to, before they move some of these things forward, which will give time for the public to perhaps weigh in and for the Democrats to make some moves. Ian, uh, I trust you'll follow up on this and other things in the legislature, so we'll keep an eye on them in Mountain State Spotlight. Always enjoy, as I said earlier, what I like about the Mountain State Spotlight is you guys aren't afraid to dig into things that some people don't want to dig into. So I appreciate the reporting. I read it all the time. And uh, we'll probably talk again because I appreciate you being with me this morning. Well, I appreciate that so much. Thanks for, for having me on. All right, appreciate it. Ian Carvel is with the um, uh, Mountain State Journal, good online newspaper, uh, the Ohio State, uh, the Ohio Capital Journal, sort of a companion piece over in Ohio. I use reporters from both of those folks to help flesh out some of these stories because they both dig a little deeper perhaps than generally the, the, uh, the daily news media because they can. Listen to more interviews and rants from the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on Apple Podcasts.